welcome to the Fantasy Players Club. I'm your host, Levi Valentine. Follow me on Twitter at Levi underscore Valentine. Joining me once again is my co-host, Trevin the Girl Dad, Promosta. <laughs> His tweets are still too hot for your eyes, though, even though he's a father now. Trevin, <laughs> welcome back from paternity leave. Hey, thanks. It's good to be back on the show. Uh, I do have to give you kudos. You did like a 30-minute podcast by yourself which could have been easy it was pretty impressive to listen to so thanks for picking up the slack while i've been gone and getting uh re uh getting adjusted to life as a dad me and my wife it's been a really really cool experience i know we'll get into it later a little bit more but really enjoyed it so far uh thanks for picking up the slack while i was gone and happy to be back on here absolutely glad you could take advantage of our very generous uh paternity leave policy full pay and benefits for as long yes. as you want and you came back after just a couple weeks so i couldn't couldn't leave it the benefits were there but i had to come back anyway he's a company man folks <laughs> trevin as you come back just in time for the final week of the regular season are you in good spots in your leagues to make the playoffs this year for once <laughs> for once i actually am i'm having a pretty good year i'm in two redraft leagues and two different uh one's a c2c and one's a dynasty but two dynasty leagues basically with you and uh making the playoffs in all four of them right now so having a decent year i'm not at the top of any of them but at least i get go into the postseason nice that's exciting that's a big change for you after last year <laughs> uh-huh do you want to talk about yours i guess you're <laughs> only missing it in one of them but yeah so the big news this week is the Scott Fishbowl uh, regular season ended and I snuck into the playoffs on that. So that's pretty cool. Almost 2000 people in that. And I think, I don't know if it was like 500 or so that made the playoffs. So I uh, felt pretty good about that. Snuck in on the points tiebreaker. Uh, and then in my other leagues, I'm in pretty good shape to make it in our redraft league. We'll see. We got a big matchup in that one this week, you and me. And then in my other ones, I'm going to make it in one, two, three, four, five, six out of eight so that's not too shabby no that's pretty good i guess i don't have a lot that come down to this week that it's fun to see the ones the people that do and kind of keep an eye on those matchups this week it doesn't it's tough to be from a drama perspective or just a the suspense and seeing who's going to get in and who's going to get the top pick and everything i love last week in fantasy season i like it a lot more when it doesn't affect me um and mine i talked about i am getting in but there is a lot right on this week for most of my teams i can get a buy or not and that's which is huge of course so i like it more when you can watch the other drama when it's myself um it is it's a too a little too much suspense for me (laughs) yeah there's no worse feeling than not making it on last week that's for sure uh, real quick, and it's not one you had down here, but is there anything you do for uh, this last week of the regular season to get yourself ready for the postseason or are you looking ahead, <laughs> anything like that? I mean, in redraft, and I've started you – know, we've talked about this before, but yeah. I started looking at the matchups those weeks, and especially for your, if you're in a league with a defense who, who has good matchups during the playoff weeks, I think is a good thing to keep in mind. Um, that might be the biggest yeah. thing. You got any? Nope, that's the same thing I was going to say as the defense. I know we kind of talked about it last year, but at this point, you don't need a super deep bench. If you're going to rely on that fifth or sixth running back, you're in trouble anyway in the playoffs. So maybe now's the time where I do look at getting two or three defenses and just go on matchups and try to get some good playoff matchups going forward. Absolutely. A good redraft tip. Not probably as applicable in Dynasty, but I think still, again, just, I don't know, trying to stash, especially if you're not in the playoffs, cutting those uh fringe older players maybe trying to stash some younger players would be another thing to keep in mind yeah and dynasty maybe look for some injured guys that might have some upside in the next coming years that you can 
put on your IR for the end of the regular season. Yes, absolutely. All right, Trevin, we had a shorter episode tonight because you are a busy man now. So we're going to try to keep it tight. We Let's hop into the main event. And that's for our main event. Yep. For tonight's main event, we have just one round, Trevin, and it's one that I am making you address because <laughs> you were a big skeptic of this guy coming into the season and especially all rookie draft season. Uh, you weren't real... Uh, optimistic about his outlook so Jalen Waddle however is making you look a little bit silly so far he's wide receiver 10 on the year in PPR scoring so I just want to get your thoughts now now that you've seen him we're 13 weeks in he's wide receiver 10 ahead of Jamar Chase actually in the PPR rankings as of this week one spot ahead so what do you make of Jalen Waddle in the season he's having I'm a man of honor. I can admit when I'm wrong. And I was wrong on Jalen Waddle. At least, I mean, he's blown away all expectations and only his rookie year here. So there's not a lot I can say about it. He's really not doing it the way I envisioned for him to be a successful person. I thought he was going to be more of a use the speed, be a deep threat guy, which I'm sure he still can be. But man, he is just always open underneath and they're using him a lot to uh, get the shorter passes and give him some space to uh, get some yards after the catch. So it's been impressive. He's racking up receptions. He's he comes out just leading the Dolphins. They've had injuries at through receivers, and he's just picked up all the slack from the injuries and led the team. So it's been impressive. Um, definitely a lot higher in my rookie rankings than I had him at the beginning of the year. So you can uh, you can rub it in my face here. I'll eat some crow. I was wrong on Jalen Waddle. Exceeded all my yeah. expectations. This is how I thought they might use him because this is kind of how he was used at Alabama. But he's playing 46% of his slots on the snap. <laughs> yeah, snaps in the slot. Uh, slots in the snap, however you want to say that. <laughs> uh, so almost half the time playing in the slot and getting those short uh, routes where they're getting him in space and letting him run after the catch, which it's really a good fit for him and his speed and acceleration in the open field and his agility. It's working well for them. Uh, him and Mike Gasicki, like you mentioned, have kind of had to be, in the, be the primary receivers in that offense with Devontae Parker and Will Fuller missing almost all the games this season. So that's been great. But just looking at his raw stats, Trevin, uh, mentioned he's 10th in PPR points among receivers so far this year. He's sixth in targets with 114 already this year. Second in receptions with 86. 15th in receiving yards with 849 and he is only 35th in touchdowns with four so even though he's the top 10 receiver it's not you know really inflated with a lot of touchdowns here uh, he also does have two carries one of which went for a touchdown so he's got five touchdowns overall but it's really the receiving volume that's giving him propping up his value trevin especially that number of receptions yeah um, it is there's nothing really i could say if he would bump those touchdowns up to an average number of touchdowns we're looking at maybe a top six top five performance so far this year so yeah it's impressive if he could just get a good quarterback he'd be doing even better <laughs> oh god <laughs> we don't have to get into the two of debate i was just <laughs> poking yeah. you a little bit <laughs> I, i'm glad you weren't around for that last week one of the things that does stick out to me though is the dolphins when you just look at the overall picture here they're fifth in team pass plays per game so that's a, a pretty big pie, a lot bigger than I thought it would be coming into this year that he's yeah. getting a big chunk of. He's getting 24% of those targets, which is number 21 among receivers. Uh, and he is also getting the high-value work in the red zone. He doesn't have a ton of touchdowns, like we mentioned, only four, but he does have 13 targets in the red zone, which is number 15 among receivers. 
Uh, Trevin, you kind of alluded to this a little bit as he's catching those short passes. His average target distance is only a little over six yards, which isn't great, but he is number eight in yards after the catch. So like we talked about, he's getting it in the open field and uh, making up for those short passes with uh, adding yards in space. And then the last one I would, the last thing I wanted to point out with him here is just that he is starting to turn some of those short passes into bigger plays from week two through week nine. His longest reception was 21 yards and he's outdone that in three of his last four games. He's had a 57 yarder, a 35 yarder, a 25 yarder for his long reception in those games. And then one that was 15. So that I think particularly bodes well. Um, Who knows, you know, if he continues to get, the same type of volume if Fuller and Parker come back or next year, if they add somebody, but if he can start, you know, making some of these splash plays then that becomes not more of a, a bonus if he keeps it, then it does something he needs to sustain this fantasy value going forward. Yeah. If they can get a quarterback that can throw downfield, he's really going to be something. <laughs> uh, he God. does only have seven deep targets on the year, uh, which are in 61st. So that's just a number that you would hope increases as they get a better passer in there who can throw it downfield. Oh my God. Or maybe an offensive line that can block long enough for them to throw it downfield would also be nice. So Trevin, here's the question for you. Where do you have him in dynasty at this point? And then I think we're going to talk a little bit about his rate, where you have him among rookie receivers after that. For dynasty, I don't, without going through each individual names, I would think it's got to be at that, you know, 15, 16, 17 range. It's kind of where I would put him. Um, he reminds me a lot of Deontay Johnson and I just, I love guys like that and PPR. So I am mad at myself for not jumping on more Waddle stuff with PPR leagues because where they just, they're not going to have goose egg games. They're going to get their six, seven catches. So they're always going to put, and then if they get the couple touchdowns and you're really looking at a big game, but they're just, you can rely on them not to goose egg you, um, which is great to have in a PPR league. Yeah, I like where you pinned in there, that 15 to 20 range. That's about where I have him, too. I think that, you know, a lot of these promising young rookie receivers slot in well there and have a lot of upside going forward. So let's talk about those rookie receivers, Trevin. Uh, I'll just kind of go through the list here in the order I have it. So above him, I have Chase and Devontae Smith. Would you agree with oh. that? I would switch, actually, Devontae Smith, I think. I'm not that I'm down on Devonte Smith, but I've been very impressed with Waddle, and I think I would have him above him at this point. Yeah, but that's so, my. I have the same top three. I would just change the Waddle and Devonte Smith. Okay, because I have so here's my argument for Devonte, who's wide receiver 27 on the year. Uh, he's doing this with Jalen Hurts, who is not an ac- or is a particularly accurate passer and he, their Eagles are 32nd in pass plays per game. So he's doing this on a low volume offense with a quarterback that is not a great passer at this point. And despite that, he's still able to be, you know, the number 27 receiver. Uh, I think he's a little more versatile than what Waddle is at this point in their career. So I like his upside a lot. I think, you know, if, speaking of a receiver who could use, <laughs> would be a really start to blossom with a better quarterback situation i think he's at the near the top of the list for me so those are the things that stick out to me with Devonte. is yeah he isn't having the fantasy output or production that waddle is so far but his situation is not nearly what waddles is either and honestly i would change it if it wasn't a ppr league i do like Devonte's ability to make those big plays that uh, waddle hasn't really shown yet so far and he's got a, a lot of uh different options to catch the ball so i like him more in non-ppr but with ppr i just love those volume catch guys so i'm gonna keep okay. waddle above him 
sure. So those are our top three. It sounds like we have the same three. Uh, who do you have it for? Oh, man. You know I love Rondell Moore, um, but he just he hasn't eclipsed the guys there. He's kind of the fourth option still for receiving. So it's tough for me to have him that high. Um, Elijah Moore, though, has been very impressive. He's kind of taken over the lead pass catcher there for the Jets, the terrible Jets team, but he's still having a good year. So I would put Elijah Moore there, which I never would have thought that going into the year. Yeah. I have Elijah Moore at five. I have Bateman just slightly above him. Uh, just Bateman got kind of a late start on the year with, I think he was out with an injury to start the year. And, but he has been productive when he's been on the field. And I think, you know, with his size and the way he plays, he probably profiles as a little more of a higher upside, I guess, for me. I mean, Elijah Moore is still really, really good and has been more productive certainly so far this season, even with a terrible quarterback situation. But I don't know. I just, I like Bateman's profile just a little bit more and his potential to be, you know, a top receiver in an offense, which I'm still not quite sure I'm there yet with more. It's just a little smaller receiver at 5'9, 178. Uh, he's just making plays. I've really liked Elijah Moore this year. So I'm going to keep yeah. Elijah Moore over Bateman at this point. And, you know, going into the season, now, Ohio was on Bateman. So, Nothing against Bateman at this point. Um, Elijah Moore just really impressed me. Yep. So we have the same four players at four and five, just in a little different order. Uh, six, you got Rondale, I assume. That's right, but Rondale, yeah. He's if he can finally get some of that more snap share and get some more opportunities there, I think he's he's done very well with his limited amount of opportunities he's had. I think he's it can't be much higher than fifty percent snap share he's getting on the year. So right at fifty. Um, yeah. Is it? So yeah, if he can. Uh, get ahead of some of those guys. I think he's really going to explode, but he's just not there yet. So that's where I'd have him. Yeah. He's had a couple games where he's, you know, had nice production, but other than that, it's just kind of been a struggle. And yeah, you really can't rely on putting him in your lineup because it's just, it's 15 points or it's nothing. Yeah. And the thing that's kind of stinks with him is they're only number 26 in pass plays per game, which I think is lower than a lot of us expected. And probably some mm-hmm. of that is twofold as far as having Kyler Murray miss the past three games uh, with injury. And then also just they've been really good on defense and winning a lot of games. So they probably haven't yep. passed as much as they have in previous seasons just based on that, which doesn't help Rondale. And then, you know, just with DeAndre Hopkins out, it would have been nice. And I think. Yeah. I think um, Christian Kirk may have missed some time too. Just it would have been nice to see him step up and kind of. He did have the one game without Hopkins with his eleven catches, I believe. But I know what you mean. I wish he would have taken it too. Uh, be more consistent those games that Hopkins was out. Yeah, but again, without Kyler, it's tough. I mean, they're only yeah. passing when they have to, and you don't feel great about the quarterback. So, I still have hope for Rondale to be a really good player. It just hasn't come together quite for him this season. Yep, and he's shown the tools when he's had the chances of that explosiveness and the ability to make people miss on the short catches, but he just doesn't have the volume yet. Yep, I agree. And then I think, I mean, I know you thought about putting him at one, but you have Kadarius Tony here at seven. <laughs> it was kind of a joke going into the year that I was just high on Tony just because everybody else is so low on him, and we all kind of – I was doing it in jest. I didn't actually believe it, but he's <laughs> he's impressed me, especially with the poor quarterback play and overall poor of Giants play. He's had some big games there. So Tony's done better than yeah. I thought he was going to do. I agree. That one – one game, uh, week five against Dallas, he had that blow up, 13 targets, 10 receptions, 189 yards, 30 yeah. points. <laughs> uh, so 
that was better than any game I thought he might have in his career. So kudos yeah, to him. I, I mean, it's been it's been tough sledding since, but the Giants are just kind of a mess. So it's hard to say how much of that is, you know. Yeah, the he's had some versus... injuries too. Yeah. So you'd hope they maybe with a new quarterback and new coach next year that um, he can have more of those games. But that's where I'd have him for now. He's done more than I thought he was ever going to do. Yeah. Giving up on dimes, huh? <laughs> it's hard to stay on dimes as bandwagon. It's just tough. <laughs> he's not. Uh, we're not going to talk about dimes a whole lot, but he's not even getting the rushing upside anymore. It's just there's nothing there anymore. You'll always have that stat. <laughs> yeah that that his rookie season when he had the second most amount of 30 point games from a quarterback or whatever the hell i'd always say yeah that one <laughs> yeah we'll always have I, that danny yeah and then i feel like the other one that was kind of in this top eight conversation going into the season was terrace marshall and boy yeah. he has been a huge disappointment it's hard to see how he becomes relevant honestly at this point he's been a healthy scratch in games trevin yeah, I it's, I was high on Marshall. I really and I mean the worst part for Marshall too is the guy you assume was the one bringing him there, Joe Brady, who would probably stick by him given all the opportunities. He's gone now, so <laughs> I really doubt there's a lot of guys that need Marshall to succeed for their own job sake. You know, I don't know if anybody else is really attached to him and needs to see him have success. So it's been bad. Like you said, he's getting healthy scratch. He had some injuries earlier in the year um too so he's just not getting the playing time and not producing when he does it's just not a good deal 14 catches for 116 yards on the season yikes brutal (laughs) i was high on him i really i liked his um i liked his attributes coming into the league i know he had some injuries coming from lsu but it seemed like it was all cleared up and i liked where he was landing at and it's just been been really bad yeah, if you're holding out hope, which, I mean, if you have him on your team at this point, you just got to hold and hope for some yeah. sort of signs of life next season. But you're probably, best case scenario, hoping for something like what you saw from DJ Chark, who had 14 catches for 174 yards his rookie season and then put up 1,000 yards uh, in his sophomore year. But I think those are there's a reason we can all think of DJ Chark and that's because the, not a lot of players do that after just laying a total egg as a high draft pick their rookie year. Yeah. If you're a good football player, you usually put up good stats and he's just not doing it. And I mean, if you have him, you can kind of sell yourself on the poor quarterback play and kind of the weird Panther season that it's been, but yeah. you're not going to sell anybody else. I don't know that. I don't think that's just to help yourself keep him over to next season. Yeah. The parallels yeah, with he's been... DJ Chark are kind of funny. Like, I don't think it means anything, but obviously they both went to LSU and came out pretty early and were pretty young for their class. Uh, Marshall's still only 21 and a half, and I think Chark was really young too. And then they're both second-round picks. Uh, Chark was the 27th pick in the second round. and uh, Or, excuse me, Marshall was 27th pick in the second round, and Chark was the 29th. And then they're... Uh, Chark is 6'4", 198, and Marshall is 6'2", 205. So none of those are predictive or anything at all. It's just kind of funny, (laughs) some of the parallels when you look at those two side by side. Yeah, but, boy, that's been disappointing. I I like Marshall a lot, like I said, and it's just there's nothing there to sell yourself on, really. Yep, I agree. Anything you want to add on these rookies or Jalen Waddle before we move on? (laughs) No, you were right. I was wrong. Jalen Waddle's good. (laughs) You did snag him um, on your redraft team, though, so you have seen the light and benefited a little bit in that way. Yeah, I did draft him going into the year, so 
I don't think it was because I actually believed in him. I thought he just fell a little bit farther in the draft. So I don't know if I can really hang my hat on something good. I did. I just got lucky on that one. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes no. it's better. I mean, that's what you need in redraft once in a while, but there's, I don't really see any looking at the rookie receiver list here. I don't really see anybody else that we have to talk about unless there's somebody you had in mind. Nope. That's about all I had to. So let's move on to our beer of the week. And Trevin, you are joining me on this adventure. I mean, I really, I'm joining you this year. You started last year. So these uh, advent calendar, beer advent calendars, we both bought one. And some of the nights have been the same beer, which would make sense. We both bought them at Costco. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> but some of the nights have been different. And so tonight is one of the different nights. Why don't you go first and tell us what you got? Yeah, it is a little disappointing. It was kind of fun when they we had the same beers, you know, drinking, trying a new beer with my buddy who lives three hours away or whatever. And that fell apart pretty quickly when they had to start getting different on us, but uh, it's still fun to do. So tonight I've got a Hasuran trunk and it is a Grafuch von Mieterschisch Dampferfeeder Schlobrüreder. So there you go. Is German your first language? Yeah, it is. You probably get asked that a lot. <laughs> I do. So it's, it's a pretty light one. I'll give her a shot here. I mean, just nailing those pronunciations. Very. It's a hoppy beer. It really hits the nostrils. It's not bad. I kind of like this one. Let's, let's do a 7-1 do on this one. It's got a little flavor to it. All right. That's a good score. I got one you previously had, <laughs> and nobody's going to believe this, but it is called <laughs> the Wiener Lager. <laughs> it's got to be a brat so, thing, right? Because I've already had that one, and <laughs> I also laughed at the name, but I think it has to mean something to do with, like, brat beer or something, I would think. I don't know. But it's Did not it taste... even spelled like a – it doesn't have any accents or not spelled weird. It's just Wiener, Wiener Lager on the front of that can. Yep, straight up Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to know what they do to make it i'll tell you that much <laughs> well i'll find out i'll check back in and well, tell you next week i don't want to know what the ingredients are or how they brew it or nothing uh this one's brewed and i'm only gonna try see you do the full pronunciation i just do where it's brewed which this one's like grob goldenbach germany so let's give it a whirl here the wiener the german wiener You have Pretty to tell good, me actually. if it's, is it now from your experience, is it kind of different from Polish wiener? <laughs> yeah. Has a little sauerkraut aftertaste. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'll go six, six on that one. It's actually pretty good. Pretty light, easy to drink. Nice. There you go. Your German beers for the night. I mean, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and Trevin's been. I mean, you post yours on Snapchat, so nobody can see those, but I've been putting mine on Twitter. So if you want to follow along, go follow me at Levi underscore Valentine if you're not already. You need to get your son more involved in your radiance. I like him being your guest host on those. <laughs> He's the star of the show. <laughs> he really is. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, Trevin, it was great to have you back. And thanks for being part of the Fantasy Players Club, everybody. We'll have a new episode for you next week. We are no longer streaming on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, 
we decided it wasn't really worth the cost. So we're just recording on good old Zoom and posting them going forward. So if you're sad about that, you can let us know and maybe we'll think about it, but we'll see. Uh, until then, on behalf of Trevin Cremosta, the girl dad, this is <laughs> Levi the Heartbreak Kid Valentine wishing you good luck in week 14. Go make those playoffs. See ya. for show i want to hear all about your first 10 or 12 days now as a dad if i counted correctly holy cow it's been 12 days huh <laughs> you've survived i've survived no it's been overall amazing experience it's just something i've been looking to forward to for a while and it's pretty cool that it's here and uh i mean <clears throat> your your kids are a lot older not a lot older but you're kind of past these stages so i'm sure it's <laughs> kind of cool for you to see your friends go through these same stages but um, just seeing your kid develop as quickly as they do. Um, the one thing that's been cool is like her eyes. She, at the first couple of days, she just couldn't even, she wasn't focusing on anything, just eyes are open, but looking through you and now she's already trying to like follow my hand or actually sees that a light turns on and stuff like that. So it's just cool to see. It's really, really something I'd recommend it for anybody. <laughs> so, um, got amazing, amazing family, amazing friends, everybody's supportive and giving us, uh, bringing food over and diapers and stuff. So, it's uh That's makes great. a lot easier to have that stuff. Yeah. You'd recommend it for anyone. Ten out of ten would recommend. Ten out of ten, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're thinking about having a kid do it, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna be a responsible parent, do it. I'll add that caveat. <laughs> nah. Uh, if you want to do it, do it. It's cool. <laughs> All right. What surprised you the most so far? Uh surprised me the most. I'm sure this is me being naive, but so we were in, uh, got induced on the Friday night, I guess is how they kind of do it. And then with that, the plan is to kind of have them Saturday during the day at some point. Uh, so you're usually supposed to get that first night of sleep. They say you should be able to sleep good on that Friday night, have the kid afternoon Saturday, get into your room on Saturday night and kind of hang out, get the nurses and everybody checking on them all Sunday. So anyway, that was the plan. 
in my naive brain, I figured you had the kid on Saturday night and they kind of took the kid to another room or something. And then, <laughs> or there'd be like a nurse just in the room with you all night. Cause we we're first time parents and we just went through all this stuff. I mean, my wife went through a lot more than me, but you go through a full day of labor and stuff and you've never taken responsible for a kid before. I figured they'd be like, all right, you get rest up. We'll take care of the kid the first night. But it was pretty crazy. We get, um, we get to the postpartum room at like midnight and the nurses are like, all right, they put the kid in the crib there and they're like, well, try feeding them if they get hungry and we'll see you. <laughs> they just leave the room and you're just all of a sudden <laughs> you're a dad. You gotta go for it. Do that was basically all the guidelines they had for us that first night. So really toss you right in. Yeah. Our, our first, and I didn't, you know, this, but was born and then when the NICU, which was on a different floor, so kind of like you, I assumed like, oh, well, they're up there. They got their own nurse taking care of that him tonight. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I'm in the room with Shelly, just, you know, like, oh, I'll get some sleep. There's nothing really I can do. Like she had yeah. to try to pump like from day one because they would use that milk to feed him. But so and obviously he was on a different floor, so she couldn't feed him herself. So she had to get up and pump in the night. But I'm like, well, I don't there's nothing I can do for that. <laughs> and but then like two o'clock or whenever it is comes and they're waking me up to wash the pump parts and i'm like what in the hell is going on like (laughs) (laughs) what hospital equipment do you ever wash yourself besides this like this is the only hospital instrument you'll ever go in and they'll be like oh you gotta wash that yourself (laughs) i'm just like what the hell is going on right now but nope they made me get up and wash them in the middle of the night instead of just taking care of it for us i'm like (laughs) middle of the night you probably don't have much going on nurse you couldn't handle this and i'm just trying to scrub these in this little you know a sink yeah. that wasn't made to do that in the room that you're in they it showed was... me that same thing but it wasn't till the next day they didn't wake me up at 2 a.m to do it and i'm just like if you're not expecting it it's pretty jarring like yeah oh get up at two o'clock and be functional now and do this i had yeah, a similar that was the one surprise for me i had a similar thing so it's our wife, I mean, I'll get into a second, but uh, I mean, all day long, they're poking her, prodding her, and then she's going through labor and then actually birthing out a child. And we get moved to the postpartum room at midnight and I'm just wiped out, completely exhausted. And I wasn't even the one going through the actual stuff. So midnight comes around and they, like I said, give us the kid and they're like, all right, try feeding every two hours. See ya. And so I set my, Liz is uh, my wife. She sets, she says, Hey, set your alarm for two hours from now so we can wake up and I can wake up and feed her. And I said, all right, cool. So I just exhausted laying the couch, set my alarm for two hours. And I wake up when my alarm's going off in one of those completely confused states. I don't, I can't even know what's, there's an alarm going off. I can't figure out how to turn it off or where it even is or where I am. That's how I was. Yeah. So I'm just uh, being an idiot on this couch that I can't figure anything out. And there's already a nurse in the room helping my wife feed my wife my wife woke up before my alarm went off to start feeding our our child (laughs) and so the nurse leaves my wife helping her do it actually take care of this kid to come turn off my alarm next to me on the couch so I was very worthless that first night felt felt like that was probably a sign going forward on how much I'm required to (laughs) yeah I think that's it's such a shock to your system when you're so used to getting like a good night's sleep and then you have to wake up two hours in and every two hour or three hours depending on your baby and it takes a while to get used to that so you're probably i mean it's not ever like you're really used to it but you've figured out how to cope with it at this point well 
it's kind of easier for me now that I don't have to go to work yet. I do get three weeks off. So yeah, I mean, there's barely any sleep happening at night, but we don't have a lot of responsibilities during the day anyway, besides every two hours feeding the kid and <clears throat> taking care of ourselves a little bit. But so we're exhausted in the morning, but it's not a huge deal. We're not having to go to work yet. I'm sure that'll change when I got to go back to the office. Yeah, that'll be the next big step. So yeah, that kind of leads into my next point, just how amazing women are in this. I'm not trying to like get brownie points from women here, but holy crap, there's <laughs> the, the girls who, the ladies who give birth, it's just, it's insane. I don't know. I can't believe how they handle it. And right away, they're like, just, it just kicks in. They're taking care of the kid. And um, like I said, could barely get myself awake to actually do nothing. And she's already awake and doing stuff. Yeah. I remember when we had our first, it was kind of similar to your situation except they tried to she was they induced her and she was you know trying to have this baby in labor basically all day long and then finally they're like oh we're gonna do a c-section so then you got the worst of both worlds oh yeah <laughs> so yeah it's incredible yep so now that we've been home for 10 days now or whatever i'm really getting into my role of just doing all the dirty work i'm the guy in the basketball courts just setting picks and I'm even the manager, you know, filling up water <laughs> bottles. I'm not doing any of the stuff that actually helps us win, but doing all the dirty work. So I'm washing, yeah. washing pumps like you talked about, washing the bottles, just washing everything and trying to get my wife on a Tylenol and Advil schedule and <laughs> trying to get food for her and stuff like that. But she's the one actually keeping the kid alive. She's Steph Curry and your Draymond Green. That's, I don't know if it even Draymond, maybe like, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Andre Guadala, not his finals MVP year, the other ones. <laughs> there you Grabbing loose it. balls, I'm diving on the court. I'm doing what I can, but I'm not the star of the show here. Yeah, I can't think of a good football comparison. <laughs> Tua. Like, she's, she's not Taylor actually. And you're the kicker on your fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm Tua. I'm not helping anybody win nothing, but I'm doing some of the dirty work, getting the getting the ball to the all-stars. Your Tua slander has to stop. <laughs> Never. I'm hanging on to that. All right. Anything else you want to add about being a dad? Nope. Not, not really. It's an amazing experience. I'm glad I'm a part of it now. Boy, next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But I do. <laughs> Man, I look at people now that have like, two or three kids and are working and stuff and i'm like how the hell do you do it i'm sure it'll get into a routine for us but holy crap doing not even having to go to work it's a lot of work and it's totally worth it for me so far but man it's a lot of work and i just i don't know how other people do it that have a bunch of kids and are going to their jobs yeah and have other are... activities i don't know how like you have your big fantasy football hobby i don't, <laughs> I don't know how you have time for anything else <laughs> yeah ours are four and almost two so it's that's a challenge enough in and of itself, but I don't know how people with ones that are closer together do it. Like if you have like a one-year-old and then a new baby or something like that, I don't, I don't know how you handle that. <laughs> and then also like me and we travel for work and stuff. And yeah. We've been very fortunate with COVID that we haven't had to travel for since the second one was born. But I'm like, I know people with that I work with who have three or four kids and you know, they'll be gone for, week at a time on a regular basis and their wife will just handle three or four kids on her own all week <laughs> I, that's wild to me especially in the younger years like as they get older it's easier but when they're you know under five or whatever it's a lot yeah 
very hands-on, I'm sure. I'm not going to act like I know how it all is. Yet. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an expert now that I've been a dad for 12 days, but it's, <laughs> there's Here's not what a lot. I'll tell you. The yeah. first year is by far the hardest. You make oh, it yeah? through that, it gets a lot easier. So. <laughs> what do you mean if? What's my, what's my options? No, what's I said, my, is there a chicken eggs that I can take? Oh, I think I did. <laughs> no, I just said. Where's the off ramp? Oh, okay. I thought I had an option. <laughs> Well, I mean, you could, there's an option, Trevin. That's always an option. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, it's, it's a, a lot of work now. And I, once they start moving, I'm sure that's a whole nother ball game. Cause right now you kind of set her wherever you set her is where she's staying. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a big step. And then like when they transition from bottles to food, that's an, a thing that helps. And I don't know. There's just a lot of, little steps along the way that you'll get experience it'll be fun to get your thoughts as you go through them all yeah yeah all right well cool. welcome back hopefully we can have you back again next week we'll see taking yep. it week by week yeah sounds good all right see everybody the wiener the german wiener the wiener the german wiener the wiener the german wiener <laughs>